I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, we are at the beginning of this pandemic and the way that we are dealing with it here in America. One of the questions I hear frequently raised uh, goes along these lines. Are we going to celebrate Easter? Are we going to, on April 12th, remember the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we going to sing the great hymns? Are we going to hear the great words of Scripture? What, what are we going to do about Easter? And this, and we're not even there yet. Well, I thought to myself, why are we waiting? I mean, we are making up rules as we go along, so how about we just make a new rule and say that we're just going to celebrate Easter this Sunday? Which really, by the way, isn't a new rule. Uh, Sundays are Sundays because they are to be mini Easter's, even in the seasons of Lent and Advent and likewise. Sundays are always meant to be a reminder about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I want to take you into a passage of Scripture that is really, for me, the beginning of Easter. John chapter 9. You may want to even pull out your Bible and follow along as we make our way beginning in John chapter 9 and going all the way to the end. John chapter 9 tells the story of a man born blind, a nameless man, by the way, a man who was born blind and whose parents had one predominant question along with so many others in his orbit of influence and life. And that question was, why? Why was this man born blind? Whose sin caused him to be born blind? Did his parents sin and God was punishing this man from the womb? Uh, did this man sin even while he was in the womb? And so God punished him by having him born blind. It's one of the predominant questions that is coursing through John chapter 9. And the thing about it is this nameless man is the uh, subject of so many uh, questions and accusations. And it's really, it's really quite a tragedy. Well, Jesus comes along and he answers the question. He says, neither this man nor his parents were born blind, but this happened so that God might receive glory. Which, as even Jesus says that, sounds quite perverse. Why in the world would a good and gracious God actually cause something wicked and evil and awful to occur? Why would God ever want a little baby to suffer pain and affliction well, Jesus is the one who offers that, and it asks the question, what is the glory of God in all of this mess and mire that is happening in the life of this man born blind? We learn the answer to that question in John chapter 10. The glory of God in the midst of all of this is that there was a Savior who came into this man's life, and more than just the physical healing of this man, which itself was a kind of glorious act on God's part for this man, the greater glory of God was that Jesus, in John chapter 10, says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd, and I call my sheep by name. My sheep hear my voice, and because they hear my voice calling their name, they follow me. You know, the thing is, that while this man may have been nameless for everybody else, at least as John writes the story, there is one person who knew this man's name before he was even born. And that, my friends, is God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus knew this man's name. 
which takes us to the next shadowy valley, which really mirrors this shadowy valley of John chapter 9, where this man was born blind that we started with. The next shadowy valley that we come to is the awful day when Jesus Christ was crucified, when darkness filled the land and night came very quickly and mm, it was awful. It was awful because the Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd, had laid down his life for the sheep. It was awful because his followers had no idea what to do while darkness ruled the land. The next morning, while it was still dark, we are told, John chapter 20, the disciples, they're locked uh, in the upper room for fear of the Jews. Um, and Mary uh, and her friends, they decide that they're going to go and anoint the body with oils and liniments in order to perform kind of the sacred funeral rite of the day. They get there and they find that the tomb is empty, the stone had been rolled away, and they meet the gardener, who they assume has taken the body and absconded with it. They beg the gardener, just give him the body for goodness sakes. If there was ever a shadowy valley, mm, this was it. And then Jesus appears, makes himself revealed in this person they formerly thought was a gardener. And you know the amazing thing about this moment? The amazing thing about this moment is what he says. He doesn't say something like, Ta-da! Hey, I gotcha! He doesn't say anything like that. He says one word, and that word was a single name. And that single name was Mary. And the moment the good shepherd called his sheep by name, Mary's eyes were opened, her heart leapt within her, she clung to his feet, worshipped him as the Lord Jesus Christ, now risen from the grave, confessed him as Lord and God in that moment. And the shadows of that valley disappeared in the glorious morning light of Christ's resurrection. We are certainly living in a shadowy valley, aren't we? This pandemic is not only something that is destabilizing for our culture, it is mortally threatening many of us. And as we make our way through this shadowy valley, we ask the question, where is our help at? Well, here's one thing I want you to remember, that God takes notice of you by name. In prayer, through his word, he calls to you by name. And he takes notice of your particular fears, your particular concerns. He gives his Holy Spirit to minister inside your heart so that you may know that you are not alone, that this good shepherd who worked in the life of that blind man, who worked in the life of those fearful disciples, is also working in our lives as we walk into this pandemic blind, as we face down our own tombs, potentially, with fear in our hearts, this good shepherd calls you by name. And as he calls you by name, he reminds you that I've laid down my life for you, my sheep, and I've taken that life up again. And while many in this world may lay down their lives in the face of this pandemic, by grace, through faith in me, I will take those lives up again, and they they will celebrate Easter, and it will be a celebration no mind has conceived, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. This is our hope, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to be church now 
beyond this video for those in your life that need to hear this message. Call them by phone. Write them by email. Call them by name. And as you call them by name, remind them that there is a God who knows every single one of us who live in this world, and He calls each and every one of us by name. This is our ministry. This is the ministry of the gospel. And this is the church's marching orders. And now, may the peace, which passes all understanding, May it guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the matchless name who knows every other name, including yours. God bless you. We'll see you again soon.